Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. There will be an ad at the end of this video. Adam sent me a note, so Steve, check this out, from WCNC uh, out of North Carolina. Charlotte area police have seized so much money through asset forfeiture, they can't spend it all. They've got so much money they've seized, they can't even spend it all. A WCNC Charlotte investigation found Charlotte area police departments had a combined $16 million in seized cash on hand as of the latest federal reporting period, and they don't know how to spend it all, which is a problem that you don't run into normally in life. But uh, Nate Morabito wrote this. Police departments across the uh, area there in North Carolina have seized and kept so much cash through the controversial asset forfeiture program, they've yet to spend it all. A WCNC Charlotte review of equitable sharing records shows those departments had a combined $16 million in cash in their fund balances as of the end of the last reporting period that ended in June. Critics, of course, call that policing for profit because they say it incentivizes police to take people's money, even if there are no criminal charges tied to the money. Police departments have long defended the practice as a way to disrupt large criminal enterprises and inject the cash they seize into protecting their communities. Except they've got a stockpile here that they're not doing that with because they can't figure out how to spend it. And also, many of the seizures are much smaller. They aren't the millions and millions of dollars. A WCNC Charlotte investigation previously found local police departments have collected almost $21 million by partnering with the federal government through the Equitable Sharing Program since 2018. Public records show departments have used some of that money for criminal investigations and training, travel, awards, memorials, and to buy body cameras, generators, cars, a motorcycle, a golf cart. But uh, public records show even after those expenses, they still have money overflowing. And we've seen before, they've wasted the money on things like popcorn makers and daiquiri machines and uh, memorial Super Bowl badges and stuff. So they literally can't spend the money, said former prosecutor and criminal defense attorney Eric Roll. It seems to be a problem where you're bringing in more money than you can obviously even spend. Now, he's a resident of Huntersville, and he's on a crusade for more transparency and awareness of the practice well aware of cases, including those WCNC has exposed, where police seizures took money away from people who were never convicted of any crime tied to the cash. In his town of Huntersville, where he's unsuccessfully run for office twice, the police department's most recent annual report shows a combined $765,000 in forfeited money on hand, meaning that they've got it, they haven't spent it, it's just sitting there. We need to know whether or not our local law enforcement is involved in taking money or property from potentially innocent individuals. It's just a matter of just constantly being vigilant with our local government to make sure they're doing the right thing. I ask a lot of questions and I've gotten comfortable doing that. I do wish there were more people doing it. And of course, when they take the money from people who are not charged with a crime, those people are innocent. Because remember, you are innocent unless and until proven guilty. So at the roadside, you're innocent. So they take your money from you, you're innocent. They don't charge you the crime, you're still innocent. They do charge you the crime, you're still innocent. So they take money from innocent people and don't give it back. It's called theft. In, in most other circles, that would be called theft. Despite his election losses, some of the town's past and present elected leaders have raised concerns also. While Huntersville Police Chief has said during Board of Commissioners meetings that he's Hopeful the town can better track how these cases start and finish. The department has said it is unable to provide specifics of past cases, including how many resulted in actual criminal convictions. 
but has insisted all cases are tied to large-scale criminal operations. Now, here's the thing. If I came up with a defense that said I could prove I'm right if I needed to, well, maybe you should. So he's saying that they could track this stuff, but they just haven't done that yet. Maybe you should if you think it'll prove your point. So when someone won't defend themselves with facts and statistics, probably because the facts and statistics don't go their way. We get asked the question, how many people's rights do we violate? I would have to say zero. We've gotten no complaints. We've gotten no ethics violations. The chief previously said during one meeting, defending his department's practices, I think we're doing the right thing for the right reasons, and I stand by it. We've gotten no complaints. This chief claims no one has complained about money being taken from innocent people. No one's complained. It's news to him. (laughs) That's the Huntersville police chief who apparently uh, is looking for a job in stand-up comedy. While the chief has said that his department does not target small cash seizures, public records show the department has received less than $1,000 in seized cash on at least five occasions since 2018 through administrative forfeitures. However, a spokesperson clarified those amounts are strictly the department's cut of each total seizure, a percentage that's split between the local and the corresponding Fed that partnered on the case. So he said the original amounts were much higher than this, well over $10,000. State and local agencies can receive up to 80% of the seized cash through the equitable sharing program. So that math there doesn't necessarily line up. Because if it was well over $10,000, 80% of it wouldn't be 1000 Okay, So I'm just pointing out the math issue there. Uh, the major told WCNC Charlotte the agency has yet to determine the allocation of its remaining equitable sharing funds. Historically, we have identified various needs such as enhancing accessibility to our extensive network of greenways. This has allowed us to make purposeful investments such as the acquisition of a golf cart. So they bought a golf cart with the money in the past. The department declined an on-camera interview, just like Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department did. Um, So a spokesperson there said the agency's finance department continues working on the request. The millions that remain in CMPD's fund balance comes after the department spent $1.3 million of its cash the prior year, according to an annual report. The department used some of its money in recent months on a bomb truck to help respond to calls that those needed for as well as responding to barricaded SWAT team calls and large events. Allowed uses for the funds include law enforcement operations and investigations, training and education, law enforcement, public safety and detention facilities, law enforcement equipment, joint law enforcement public safety equipment and operations, contracts for services, law enforcement travel and per diem, law enforcement awards and memorials, um, education awareness programs, matching grants, transfers to other participating law enforcement agencies, supportive community-based programs, non-categorized expenditures, and in limited cases, salaries. But notice buried in here is a... (laughs) Let me read the sentence with just the two portions. Allowed uses for the funds include non-categorized expenditures. Gee, what does that catch-all loophole do for you right there? Allowed uses for the funds include non-categorized expenditures. So you can spend it on all the good stuff or a non-categorized expenditure. 
It's there. I'm, I ain't making this. Sh- <laughs> I ain't making this stuff up. A bipartisan bill in Congress would end the equitable sharing program. Uh, it would not do away with civil asset forfeiture entirely, but it would remove one of the incentives. And so this is one of those things. And, and I assure you that there's somebody in the audience right now who's watching this video goes, what are you talking about? Civil asset forfeiture is the notion that when you come into contact with the police and they discover you've got cash in your possession, they can go, oh, you were about to go commit a crime with that cash or the cash is the result of you already committing a crime. Therefore, we're going to take it from you because it's criminal proceeds or about to be used in a criminal process. And you go, no, that's the money I saved up. I'm going to buy a car. No, 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 no. We don't believe you. They take the money. They disappear. They give you a receipt. and That's it. And so if you want your money back, you don't wait for them to charge you the crime because more often than not, they don't. So instead, what happens is you're forced to sue them or start a process to try to get your money back where you have to prove not that you're innocent, but that the money is innocent. And it's not that easy to prove because they just go, well, we don't believe you. Prove it. And so what happens is you go through this process. Eventually, you wind up in court. You start litigating. You probably have to hire an attorney if you want to do it right. Next thing you know, you're out a bunch of money even if you win So most people don't pursue it unless it's tens of thousands of dollars. And they routinely grab money from people and they say, that's $2,000. You're obviously going to do a drug deal. Obviously. Like you've never carried two grand in cash on you before, huh? Really? Okay. Um, So it's a very, very bad thing. And there have been some small steps taken to stop it. But unfortunately, it's widespread. And it happens at the federal level everywhere. And It happens in most states at the state level. There's a few states that have taken steps to do away with it. But the problem is that what they're talking about here, going back and forth between the state and the Fed, is that the locals can grab some money from somebody and hand it to a federal agency, such as DEA. And they can say, we suspect that this is actually money that has to do with a drug deal. And the DEA says, okay, thank you very much. They hang on to it. And then they equitably share it back to the agency that took it. And they can give them back 80% of the money. And so you go, why did they give it to the feds? The feds get a 20% cut. They didn't do anything. But why did they do that? Oh, they did that so that way you have to sue the feds. And the feds have got deeper pockets and they've got a thing called a justice department where they've got buildings filled with attorneys. So if you want to go after the feds to get your money back, you're going to be litigating against a building full of attorneys. And that's why they do it. And so they make this as complicated as possible and as burdensome as possible so that people won't pursue it. So to get this resolved in our society today is going to make, we have to make new laws. We've literally got to pass laws in all 50 states outlawing this, and that federal statute's got to get passed also. And this has been happening for quite some time, but it it escalated in our lifetime. So you can find civil asset forfeiture cases dating back to pre-Civil War. I mean, they're that old. The concept is that old. It's an old common law concept. However, it ramped up in the war on drugs. And the problem is that all they did was start casting a wider net, taking money from people, And they discovered that a lot of people won't fight these things because they can't afford to. And so if you call up an attorney and say, I was driving along, I got pulled over by a Wayne County Sheriff's deputy, 
And he took $3,000 in cash from me and said it was civil asset forfeiture. Uh, will you help me? And attorney's going to go, it's going to cost you more than $3,000 in fees. So you're better off not pursuing it because right now you're only at three grand. If we pursue it and you win, whatever you paid me minus three grand, you're out. And if we lose, whatever you pay me plus three grand, you're out. And they know that. That's why they do it that way. So I've mentioned before, the Institute for Justice is not mentioned in this story. But the Institute for Justice is one of the organizations that's fighting this. They are getting more done on this than any other entity out there. And so I'd urge you to take a look at IJ.org, which is their website. Take a look at their website. Look at what they do and read stories about this if you aren't that familiar with it. And it'll blow your mind that this exists in America today. So Adam, thanks for sending it. And that's just an indication of how far things are out of control, that the departments have $16 million in seized cash laying around that they haven't spent yet. And it looks like they're running out of stuff to spend it on, although they could always throw it at that non-categorized expenditure column, where I think you can buy anything you want, because that would be non-categorized, right? So Charlotte area police have seized so much money through asset forfeiture, they can't even spend it all. And that's WCNC reporting that. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. You must be the change you wish to see in the world.